Welcome to the SOS Church Stockholm podcast. We are an international church in the heart of Stockholm that meets every Sunday at 12 p.m. at Drottninggatan 81. The celebration is in English with translation into Swedish, Farsi, and Spanish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations, living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. Yeah, now is my turn. Okay, my name is Douglas. As I said, I had a miracle happening in my life almost 12 years ago. I met this beautiful lady, and we have been married since 12 years ago, right? I hope so, it's 12. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I believe it's 12. I don't know what she believes. Uh, I'm pastor in this church with a great pastor team. Don't we like our pastor team? Yeah. Come on! And uh, today is the second Sunday of this new year. Can you imagine that I had this privilege to bring the word of God to you? Oi, oi, oi. I don't know if I could even sleep, but uh, I am here today. And um, I just want also to wish you a great new year. And I, I want to believe that this coming year, this new year, is going to be your best year ever. How many people believe with me? Come on. If you believe with me, make just a shout to the Lord. Yes. Because we have to see it before it happens. Okay? We have to see it in the spirit before it happens. So when I say to you, this year is going to be the best year, if you don't believe that, it will not happen. Okay? So, this is the title of my message today. How to make 2023 your best year ever. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Yeah. Last year, there was something great that happened. With some friends here, we had that privilege to watch the final of the Champions League together. Come on. I was crazy. Why? Because my team, the team I own, the team I love, won the final. And it was Real Madrid. I was kind of, yes, I know there are Barca fans here. They are just like, ah, what is this talking? And like, it was not enough. They also won La Liga. It can't be better. Yes, I know. But there is something that stands out with this team, even if you don't believe. But believe me just for now, okay? They have what they call game plan. And I believe every team, every professional team, at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the season, they will sit down and talk about their game plan. What do, you, what do we want to achieve this year? How do we want to win this year? Are we really going for the final or are we just happy if we just arrive the quarterfinal? And that is what Real did. And he works for them. And I want to believe that by now, many people here 
If you are married, you are maybe, you sit down with your partner and you talk through about the new year, right? Right? Especially in Sweden, people like to plan. <laughs> they are crazy about planning, you know. So, a game plan is a kind of arrangement. It's a blueprint. It's something that you write down, you sketch down, so that you will follow. Okay? And we as Christians, we need a kind of game plan. You know, we have to be intentional in our way how we serve the Lord. I don't think that you have to serve the Lord just like you did last year. Do you feel that? You have to have a new game plan. Maybe you have been sitting and say, oh, I need more of God. I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need a miracle. And that would not just happen like that. You have to have a game plan. You have to have a game plan. And that's what we are going to talk about. Okay? So, my first game plan is this one. Make the choice to serve God. That's my first game plan. Make the choice to serve God. Serving God is not just, it doesn't just happen like that. You have to make a choice. And we will read in the book of Joshua 24, verse 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today, choose this year, whom you will serve. Will you prefer the God your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the God of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But has for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That was a big decision. Joshua took over after Moses passed away. He was the one leading the people of Israel to a new land. They were about to take the land God has promised them. And he knew that the people of Israel... Many times, many times, they had to serve idols. Even though they saw miracles, they saw how God opened the Red Sea in front of them. They saw how God fed them in the wilderness with the manna. But still, they were serving the wrong God. And we call them like that. But Joshua... He said, oh, 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 you have to make a choice. Because when you have a game plan, you want to see your game plan come to pass. And that's why Joshua had, he had a game plan for his family. He was like, no, my family is not going to live like he has been living last year. We need a game plan for my family. I have decided, me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That was his game plan. For me, I'm one of nine kids. My parents, they love each other so much. <laughs> so I'm just one of nine. So I grew up in the Christian family. And for my parents, going to church has never been an option. It's Sunday, is church day. 
Either you are happy or not, you have to go to church. That's how I grew up. And do you think that it was so like, hallelujah, we are going to church? No, it was not like that. It was not like that. I wanted to be home, maybe playing football with my friends. But you know what? I am so grateful they did that for me. I am so thankful for them. That they forced me sometime. I come from Africa, so don't be shocked. Sometimes they, you have this, okay? And then when you are at church, it's all like, quiet, God is speaking. It was like that. It's our culture. I am happy about that. I'm proud that it happened to me so that I, should be, I can be the person I am today. I just want to tell you, you who are parents, you are the spiritual leader of your family. It will not happen if you don't make the decision like Joshua. Me and my family. You have to make a decision. It's now. It's not tomorrow. It's this year, okay? In, uh, uh, in the next uh, picture, yes. If you are a parent, this is some kind of tips for you. This is what my parents, they were doing like every Monday. Every Monday, I tell you, they will call us. They will pray for us before we go to school. We were like 10 kids, and then I have cousins. So you, can, you could have like 17 kids around. They will pray for us. They will bless us. They will anoint us. Because they wanted us to have a great future. So make sure that this happened in your family this year. For I know the plan I have for you, declared the Lord. They have plan of pros to prosper you and not to arm you. Plan to give you a future and a hope. So if you just proclaim this on your children every week, every day, I promise you it's going to happen. Okay? Tell your children why you love God. Tell your children why you love God, why you go to church, why you serve God, why you give. They need to know about that. In the book of Hebrew, the Bible talks about Hebrew 11. The Bible talks about errors of faith. People who have done a lot of good things about their faith. They will talk about David. They will talk about Samson, how he killed people. And a lot of good things, okay? But in that book, there are two people who have made the difference. Next picture. One of them is Rahab. In that book, the Bible will call her the Arlot, the prostitute. That was her name because she was. When the people of Israel was about to take the new land, they sent 12 spies to go to uh, Jericho to look for the land. And when they came, the king heard about their story, that they were there. And the king wanted to kill them. But this lady, she took those two spies and she hid them. Okay? And... Uh, yes, it's a good PowerPoint, okay? Now then, please, this is what she say in the book of Joshua. Now then, please, swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign 
that you will spare the life of my father and my mother, my brother, and my sister, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. That, that was her prayer. She could have told them, uh, those, please, when you come back, please don't destroy my house. I need my house. Maybe I need that neighbor house. No, that was not her prayer. That was not her request. Her request was, my family. I don't know, maybe you are sitting here praying for a child that have left the faith for many years. Or maybe you are just praying for your parents. Or praying for a sibling. 2023, I want to declare, is your year. It's the year where you will see your family come back to Christ. It's the year where you will see you worshiping God together with your family. Can we say amen to that? Church is not something we skip and miss. Church is not something that is lesser is a, a lesser priority. No, it's not. I want you just like Rahab did to make sure that your kids are involved in SOS kids. Make sure that your kids are part of SOS youth. That was her prayer. I'm so happy for family like the Sodeloons. We are so blessed with you guys. You are a good example. When we see your kids seven years, every Sunday, in and out, I've been thinking about that. I felt like, oh, God, I want my kid to be like that. Can we just put our hand together for them? And another person is Noah. Noah, God told him that he's going to destroy the earth. And he said, I'm going to put an end to all people. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an act of cypress wood. Make room in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. The only thing Noah did beside building that ark, he was to save eight persons of his family. That's the only thing he did. And God, we call him arrow of faith because what he did, you know. And maybe you feel, and then by that time, he was 500 years old. Can you imagine? An old guy. That guy taught his kids about church thing. They knew how to handle a hammer. They knew about it because that was his work. He built it for 100 years. He was just every morning. I guess that there were some neighbor who knew that when they heard like bang, 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 it's 8 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock. And when it was like silent, it's 7 o'clock in the evening. Rahab got her family in the house, in the church, but he got his family involved in the work of the church. That is what Noah did. The work of the kingdom. He had them involved in SOS kids. He had them involved in the worship team. That's what Noah was doing. Friends, it's so much important to make sure that our kids are involved. And maybe you sit here and then you say, oh, I don't have a family. Now this next point is for you. 
Okay. Next. Uh, we have a very interesting PowerPoint, okay? It's out with the old and in with the new. Next year, maybe it was not the best year for you. Maybe it was a year where maybe a very dear person to you passed away. Maybe it was the year that uh, you was fired at your work. Maybe it was the year that you have been struggling a lot. But I just want to tell you that 20 and 23, God has a great plan for you. Okay? The Bible said that then Jesus gave them these illustrations. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses to patch on an old garment. For then the new garment will be ruined and the new patch will not even match the old garment. And no one put new wine into old wine skins. For the new wine would burst the wine skins, spilling the wine and ruining the skin. New wine must be stored in new wine skin. But no one who drink the old wine seem to want the new wine. God doesn't want to put his new wine in an old skin, wine skin. No. God wants something new. If you long to have a new wine, new miracle, new intimacy with him, it is time to start to fast and pray, just like Pastor Kofi said we are going to do, and exchange the old wine skin with the new one. When you give him praise and worship, when you offer your body to God as a living sacrifice, through fasting, you will understand the vision and mission that God has for you. Maybe you sitting here, you feel like, oh, I don't know how to move on with my life. This is a good thing. God wants to give you a new wine this year. He wants to fill you with hope. He wants to give you something that you have been longing for. But you cannot continue just going with the old wine skins. You cannot continue staying in in that place that retain you, you know, to have the best God have for you. It's time to move. It's time to change, okay? And another thing is to turn your word into actions. Um, I like social media. I hope you have noticed that. Otherwise, you can follow me. I want to reach like 5,000 followers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> social media is good, but there is another thing on the social media. Have you been like, uh, somebody write, oh, I'm sick. Everyone saying this kind of uh, emoji. You know what? <laughs> it's always interesting. And I'm praying for you. I may be a kind of heart, you know? I'm people feel, oh, that's so great, you know? <laughs> But the Bible says, dear children, let not love with word or speech, but with action and truth. There's nothing wrong to do that. But why don't you decide this year that one of your game plan is not just to send a heart. It's not just to send this. It's not just to send, somebody say, I'm hungry. You just send like a can or piece of meat. You know that picture, right? You know that. No. Why don't we do more than that? 
Why don't you pick up your phone and call the person? What can I do for you? The Bible says in the book of Matthew 25, 37, then the king will say to those in this right, come, you are blessed by my father in every the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. He would not say, oh, I was hungry, and you sent me this cup of, uh, this emoji. You know what I mean, right? Yes. Oh, uh, I was sick, and then you send a prayer. Pray for you. And the truth is that if you are honest with me, how many times do we pray for those people that we send like, we don't do that. This year, turn your word into actions, Okay. Another thing is pitch your tent in the land of hope. The Bible says in the book of Acts 2.26, I am glad from the inside out I have pitched my tent in the land of hope. My prayer is that by the end of December 23, we will be able to say, God, you have amazed me with your goodness. That is my prayer for this church, for each of you. That we'll be able to say, thank you, God, for your goodness. But before you will reach that, you have to pitch your tent in the land of hope. Your attitude this year will determine your altitude. Make it as one of your game plan to pitch your tent in the land of hope. It means stop living in your past and start to enjoy the future God is giving you. You. You do, sometimes we spend time just like, oh, just like people of Israel when we were still in Egypt. We could eat food. We could eat this. But they never saw what God was preparing to give them in the new land. That's why they could not have the best God had in store for them. I want to tell you that God has so much for you this year. So much. But if you want to have just a bit of that, stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. Maybe your wife left you. Maybe you have been in a tragedy. There is a time to mourn. There is a time to be sad. But you cannot spend, you you don't have the time to be there all your whole life. The rest of your life, praying that that old girlfriend will come back. I pray, many girls left me when I was still single. Oh my goodness, thank you for them. I am so happy they left me. I was also there in that pity party. One of my friends is there. He can witness. I was there taking pity of myself. But when I knew that I have to pitch my tent in the land of hope, I could meet my wife. You, can, you cannot just spend all your whole life living in what has happened. No. Oh, my parents, they were not nice to me. That is why I'm who I am today. Come on, somebody. God has something better for you. Okay? He has something better for you. And as we heard, I was thinking that I would talk a bit about fasting and prayer. And 
I don't have so much time, but I would want just to share a testimony. I told you I'm from a big family. One of my sister, I think we have a picture here, her son. Oh, my goodness. That PowerPoint was so good. <laughs> so this is Sammy. He's nine years old. When he was three years old, okay, when he was three years old, he was diagnosed with asthma, a kind of chronic asthma. And the doctor said that he will have to eat, he will have to be on medication the rest of his life. And many times at school, they would call my sister, who lives in the US, please come and pick the child. He has a seizure, he has an attack. And that is how her life was. But one day she said, Enough is enough. Enough is enough. She said, she went and prayed and fasted. And she said, now nah, I will stop with the medication. The doctor said, are you crazy? She said, no, it's my child, right? But I want to stop with the medication. It was just like, that's not really smart of you doing that. She said, but that's what I, I would do. And many times when the attack was coming, she would feel like, oh, I don't have any medication. What should I do? But she stood fast in her faith. And he's healed now. And by that time, she even wanted to have a life insurance for him. They said, no, you cannot have a life insurance. But last year, he got a life insurance. And just like it was not enough, she got a bill for 10,000 US dollars. Every month, they would call her. It's, US is not like in Sweden. Yeah, we are blessed, right? They would call her every month. Hey, are you going to pay your bill? Oh, yes, I will do. And then she said, God, I'm not going to allow the devil to steal what you have blessed me with. Sometimes we have to have this faith. She said, no, it's enough. She prayed about that. And since that time, they have never, ever called her again. Her son was healed. The bill disappeared. Can we say amen? amen? That is the benefit of fasting and prayer. The last testimony is about my mom, but I don't have a picture of my mom here. She's a woman of prayer. When she was born, she had a disease in her liver. And I talked to her yesterday, actually, because I need the story. She told me that she was going around with this kind of box of medicine, half like a big one, and she got safe. When she got safe, she had a spiritual mom who was telling her all the time, proclaim your healing, proclaim your healing. She was just like, how can I proclaim my healing? I said, pray and fast and claim him. And then she was just like, okay, let me do that. So she went, she prayed, she prayed, she fasted. And she heard God telling her, go and return the box of medication. I know it's crazy, but that is our God. When she went there, the doctor said, oh, no, what a mistake. Anyway, I know that you will come here very soon to take them back. She said, no, I will not. She told me yesterday that meanwhile she was going downstairs, she just felt that kind of 
pain. She just felt like, oh, no, should I go back or not? But she felt like, no, God has told me, I believe. She went. Six months went by. That doctor was expecting her to come. She never showed up. And then she went just to visit her. She told me, hey, how are you? I just came to tell you that I'm doing well. I don't need any medication. She was just like, wow, is that true? She said, by the way, since you are God, hear prayers. Can you pray for me too? <laughs> My mother said, yes, of course. You know, every time I'm pregnant, after five or six or four or four or five months, I have a miscarriage. Please, do you think that your God can do that for me? My mother said, of course. She just said, she just did like that. She told me, in Jesus' name, I pray that it will work for you too. She went home. She prayed. and fasted for her. Six months later, she went there. And then she said, hey, how are you? She stood up and she showed her belly. There was something there. She said, oh, you know what? I'm afraid that it might happen again. My mother said, no, God said that it will not happen. And she told her that, by the way, you will have a son. So it was very specific. And since she was so afraid, she flew to France to deliver. And my mother went back again and asked, how is she doing? They told her that, oh, she got, uh, everything went well. She got uh, a daughter. And then my mother said, no, no way. God told me it is a son. So when she came back, my mother met her and said, hey, how, what happened? She said, yeah, I gave birth to a son. <laughs> Just to tell you that our God is a great God. And I just want to encourage you when we are going into fasting and prayer next week. Please, I just want to encourage you. My next picture There's a different way of fasting. You don't have to fast the whole 21 days. You can choose like a full fast, maybe just drinking water or liquid. You can choose that. Maybe the Daniel fast. Daniel said that I will not eat. He was not eating meat. I love meat, by the way. So <laughs> He said, no, not meat, not wine, not those things, just vegetable. That was Daniel. Maybe you can just say, oh, no, maybe three days will be enough for me. Or maybe you can also fast like from 6 o'clock to 6 o'clock in the evening. The most important thing is that you make a decision between you and God. And I don't want you to miss out this period of fasting and prayer. Why? I feel in my spirit that God is going to release a lot of blessings. And for God to able to touch you, for God to able to turn around your situation, we need to go into prayer and fasting. Christian life is not just something just that happened like that. We need to go in the, to the throne of God if we want things from God. Next picture. And another tip is that it's very important how... Um, I mean, you should make a kind of plan, okay? Like, 
how to begin? Do you just want to fast like for three weeks or maybe two days or something like that? You can write it down. You can prepare yourself spiritually, maybe having time when you can maybe confess your sin or I don't know what else. Read the Bible. You know, you need to do that. Um, Decide what to fast. Are you not going to drink uh, juice, wine, I don't know, whatever? Decide something. Make it in the paper. That will give you a kind of discipline. Okay? As I say, I'm so much pumped to fast this year. Because I feel that God wants to give me something more. Amen. 